From the capital city, I'm Jordan Lewis. Last night, President Biden held his second State of the Union address at the nation's capital. After addressing the crowd, President Biden opened his speech with the story of America and the economy. The story of America is a story of progress and resilience, of always moving forward, of never, ever giving up. It's a story unique among all nations. We're the only country that has emerged from every crisis we've ever entered stronger than we got into it. Look, folks, that's what we're doing again. Two years ago, the economy was reeling. I stand here tonight after we've created, with the help of many people in this room, 12 million new jobs. More jobs created in two years than any president's created in four years. The president also spoke on COVID and made reference to the January 6th Capitol riots. Two years ago, COVID had shut down. Our businesses were closed. Our schools were robbed of so much. And today, COVID no longer controls our lives. And two years ago, democracy faced its greatest threat to the Civil War. And today, though bruised, our democracy remains unbowed and unbroken. Bipartisanship was also an important point. You know, we're often told that Democrats and Republicans can't work together. But over the past two years, we've proved the cynics and naysayers wrong. Yes, we disagreed plenty. And yes, there were times when Democrats went alone. But time and again, Democrats and Republicans came together. Came together to defend a stronger and safer Europe. It came together to pass one in a, gen- one in a generation, once in a generation infrastructure law, building bridges connecting our nation and our people. We came together to pass the most significant law ever, helping victims expose the toxic burn pits. And in fact, I signed over 300 bipartisan pieces of legislation since becoming president. The speech wasn't without its detractors. A number of GOP members of Congress heckled the president during his speech. One such member was Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia, who could visibly be seen yelling that the president was a liar multiple times. Another member yelled, it's your fault, when the president spoke on the rise of fentanyl overdoses. It spiraled into addiction and eventually death from a fentanyl overdose. She was just 20 years old. Describing the last eight years without her, Doug said, there's no worse pain. Yet their family has turned pain to purpose, working to end the stigma and change laws. He told us he wants to start a journey toward American recovery. Doug, we're with you. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. You got it. A full transcript of the speech can be found on our website, knyradio.com. Last night, during a basketball game against the Oklahoma City Thunder in Los Angeles, NBA player LeBron James broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record to become the NBA's all-time leading scorer. The previous record that was held by Abdul-Jabbar was 38,387 points. The new record currently sits at 38,390 and will likely grow as LeBron continues his career. LeBron James is now the seventh NBA athlete to hold the record. Coming up next on News of the North with Jazz Garrett, Dave Steeren talked with Dan O to follow up about Governor Dunleavy's State of the State address, 
and questions remain about the Chinese spy balloon. Stay tuned. You're listening to News of the North. During Wednesday, wake-up call with Dave Steeran this week. Dano and Steeran glossed over Governor Dunleavy's State of the State address. Governor Dunleavy introduced postpartum Medicaid expansion and adult home care bills last week. House Bill 59 authorizes the Department of Health to implement Section 9812 of the American Rescue Plan Act, which allows but does not require the extension of postpartum coverage from the required 60 days to 12 months for eligible beneficiaries. House Bill 58 would establish an adult home care service. And the third bill introduced is related to the implementation of EO 121, which separated the Department of Health and Social Services into the Department of Health and the Department of Family and Community Services. So what we don't want to be is a major roadblock to helping Alaskans e- either enjoy a quality of life or get back on their feet and be uh, you know, a productive and, and happy uh, member of a family or be able to, to share the, the final years of a life experience, especially with a, an elderly person or somebody who's facing those health challenges. So, yeah, the, uh, I, I think I've said this a uh, hundred times, the caricature of what some people think Governor Mike Dunleavy is and the reality of who he actually is uh, are, are two completely different things. Extending postpartum Medicaid to 12 months is one evidence-based action the department can take to support growing families in Alaska. Many women who experience postpartum depression don't have an onset of symptoms until after that initial screening, which is too late to seek treatment with Medicaid coverage. Steren comments on that. And what they don't do is is really embrace the fact that each patient has different variables, differences in what they're dealing with, and oftentimes the the healthcare quote-unquote industry is not as flexible as a patient would require. He talks about the opportunity seen in carbon credit by the Dunleavy administration. What this is, is the Dunleavy administration being modestly observant of an emergent revenue stream and a new economy. And we have, like I've said, millions and millions of acres that are nothing more than millions and millions of acres that the carbon credit industry would allow us to convert into a revenue stream with us basically doing very, very little. Steeran explains what this carbon credit bill does. But that's not even what this bill does. This bill doesn't say what the dollar amount per acre is. This bill doesn't say what the term of a lease can be. This bill allows us to solicit offers and enter into negotiations and put these proposals before the legislature and Alaskans to say, hey, we've got a 20 or 30 year deal on the table for the state of Alaska to not develop this amount of acreage in this area. And in exchange, we will get an annual check or quarterly check or however it's broken down. You know, that's part of the negotiations of X. If it's half a billion dollars, that's half a billion more than what we're getting on that acreage today. Read the full details on the bills at KINYradio.com. Recovery efforts continue off the coast of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, to get the main portions of the payload that was attached to the Chinese balloon that floated over U.S. airspace last week. The balloon was shot down Saturday, but questions remained about what China's intentions were. Chinese officials maintain that it was a weather balloon, but U.S. officials say it was meant to spy on the U.S. 
Secretary of State Antony Blinken also says that it's not the first time a balloon of this nature flew in the airspace of other countries. We'll also share relevant findings with Congress as well as with our allies and partners around the world. Senior administration officials are on the Hill this week, and we already shared information with dozens of countries around the world, both from Washington and through our embassies. We're doing so because the United States was not the only target of this broader program, which has violated the sovereignty of countries across five continents. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jazz Garrett for News of the North.